what is spiritual literacy? What is spiritual illiteracy? Um, it's interesting to know that today, um, before dawn, we will enter year 5,783. 5,783. Now, that's important um, because all the prophecies that when you look at the prophecies and you read the book of Daniel and the book of Revelation, you could tell that we are like one, one minute for all prophecies to be fulfilled. Tell the person next to you, you're living in a great time. Tell the person next to you, you're living in a prophetic time. That's why the Lord gave me this message to share with all of you. What is spiritual illiteracy? When you look at the word and the title, it means having little or no education in spiritual things. Illiterate individuals are more likely to have less opportunities in life. I looked at some, some statistics, and I was astonished when I, when I saw these statistics. Only 11% of the people in the United States have read the entire Bible. 11% have read the entire Bible in the United States. 29% of all individuals in the United States have never read the Bible in the United States. And 60% read it once in a while. So that means that within those three statistics, you are and I am. How many of you, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, how many of you in the house have read the entire Bible? I see one hand. All right, I see a couple hands. Praise God. How many of you have never read the Bible? In honesty, it's a virtue. Okay, I see a couple hands. All right. And how many of you read the Bible once in a while? The majority of the hands. Okay, thank you for your honesty. Now, spiritual illiteracy occurs as a result of not reading or studying the Bible. When I don't read the Bible, when I don't study, I am the, I'm part of the statistic of the illiterates on the spiritual realm. Mark Twain says something very powerful. A person who won't read has no advantage over one who can read. Wow. Blind people cannot read. But you and I can. They have an excuse not to read it, but not to hear it. We have an excuse because we can hear it and we can read it. Tell the person next to you, God is already speaking to us. Always be intolerant of ignorance, but understanding of illiteracy. Always be intolerant of ignorance, but understanding of illiteracy. Now, there's, there's a couple consequences that we get for not reading the Bible, not studying the Bible, not understanding the Bible. And I'm going to go through a couple of passages. My friend here is going to be reading a Christian. And I'm going to talk about three examples of consequences that we have when we are spiritually illiterate. The first scripture I want to relate to is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. And this scripture, we it talks about us being children, spiritual childrens in the faith. It talks about that people that don't have understanding of the Bible can be deceived easily, very easily. You could be fooled very easily, especially with false teachings. And it also talks about that people that have spiritual illiteracy are very unstable. 
they could pretty much go with any way the wind blows. So look at the scripture that Christian is going to be reading. Christian. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. I have another version that says, we must stop acting like children. We must stop acting like children. We must not let deceive people trick us with the false teachings. And we must stop being like the wind tossed around place to place. However, the devil or false teaching wants to take us. Oh, that's too powerful. I mean, I'm done already. We could collect the offering and pray. I'm done preaching already. This is a powerful verse. I want you to look at the person next to you and smile to them and tell them, stop acting like a child. Now tell them, stop being deceived by the tricks of the enemy and by false teaching and stop being unstable. Oh, now give the best a round of applause to Jesus. Oh, he's in the house. He is in the house this morning. So, just starting with this verse, this is one of the consequences that we have when we are illiterate spiritually. Because when we are illiterate spiritually, we believe almost anything, and we are falsely what? Seduced by the enemy and people that the enemy use. Now, there's another powerful scripture that gives us the second consequence of being spiritually illiterate. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you were not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, and are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? Can you read up? Did you read one to three? Yeah. You are still worldly, for since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? I look up this statistic. According to the U.S. Department of Education, 54% of United States adults, 16 to 74 years of age, about 130 million people lack proficiency in literacy, reading, below the equivalent of sixth grade level. So I'm presenting to you two situations that are what? Alarming. 54% of people in the United States are illiterate. They cannot even read a sixth grade text. 54%. That means I'm almost two people. One is illiterate in the United States. I'm not talking about any other country. But then I'm telling you that only 11% of the people read the Bible. Tell the person next to you, we have a problem. Now, the verse that Christian just read in 1 Corinthians talks about my friends, my brothers. You're acting like people of the world. Because when I don't know the word, even though I may come to church, I'm acting like people of the world. Why? Because I don't know the word. That's why I cannot speak to you as spiritual people. And later today, I'm going to show you the benefits of being spiritual literate, having literacy 
in, in, the, in the spirit. What are the benefits? You are like babies as far as your faith in Christ is concerned. I had to treat you like baby and I was not able and I need to feed you milk because you not can take solid food because you're not yet spiritual. And then look, look at the fruits of the spirit. You are jealous. You're arguing with each other. This proves that you're not spiritual, that you're acting like people of the world. Milk is liquid and soft to drink. Milk represents the ABC of the gospel, basic teaching. Solid food must be chewed. Ah. It applies to doctrine and it applies to revelation of the word that help us mature and grow. I don't know how many of you have come this morning saying, I want to be able to chew the word of God. I want to be able to get into the revelation of the word. I want to be able to have the um, doctrines of the word. And I want whatever's in the word to be manifested in my life, in my family, in my business, and everywhere that I go. This is the second consequence that we may encounter or that we may have the benefit of. I want to give you a third scripture and then I'll, get in, I'll dive into the message. Third scripture is in Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 to 14. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 12 to 14. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. By now, by when? And when is now? Now. When is now? September 25th. By now, you should have been teachers of the word. And those of you that came for the first time, raise your hand if you're the first time here. Those are the only one excuse. Are you here for the first time? Anybody here for the first time? No one here? I see. No? Yes? Okay. Uh, okay. So no one here is for the first time. By now, you should have been teachers. But once again, I need to be teaching you the simplest things about God. You need milk instead of solid food. People who live on milk are like babies who don't really know what's right from wrong. But solid food is for mature people who have been trained in the word and they could distinguish right from wrong. Great benefits to be able to know the word, right? Because right away we could get the sermon of spirit. You could be in a situation and you could receive the sermon of spirit. There's three enemies that we have. One of them is the world, one of them is Satan, and the other one is what? Flesh. Anywhere you may be on a given time, one of those spirits may manifest. And when you have the sermon of spirit, God will tell you what spirit it's in operation. But not only he will tell you what spirit is in operation, he will tell you what to do if it's not the spirit of God. Oh, I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it. I'm going to declare this morning that people are going to be empowered by the word this morning. That you're going to be able to leave this place with a hunger, with a, a, a thirst for the word of God. But more importantly, that not only are you going to read it, you're going to study. We have AOA Bible College. We have fundamentals. We have growth drag. We have a whole stack of things that you could take. And even this, tonight, even this afternoon, we're going to be able to have connect groups. That you're going to be able to connect group of faith 
By the way, stand up all my disciples that are with me. Some of them are with me. Everybody that goes to my group of faith, would you, would you stand to your feet? Why don't you give a round of applause to all of them? Thank you. These are just some of the men and women that God has given me to be trained. Um, this coming week, I'll be able to be supervising 15 group of faith. But three years ago, I started with three people. Three people. Because you're going to say, he has 15 group of faith today. But I started with three people. Because you need to be persevering. But the, ma the manifestation that I started with three people and today I supervise 15 group of faith is because the word has power. Because the word transformed people. Because the word makes miracle. And when you have a word, a living word that is doing what? Transformation in people. There's no other option than to grow. No other option than to grow. Now, what is the vision of Alpha and Omega? And I'll read to you what the vision is. Reaching the world with the message of faith. We are a church that believes in faith. We are a church that believes in prosperity. We are a church that believes in miracle. We are a church that believes in spreading the gospel. But not only the, the vision says that, it also says we exist to reach the world with the message of faith, establishing the culture of the kingdom, and discipling souls for Christ. That is the vision of our church. If you are connected with our church, if you are just recently visiting our church and you wanted to know what the vision is, it's right there. That's what we're all about. That's what the Lord impressed our pastor, Alberto Marian Delgado, to give. A, and that is every church has a different vision. Even though every church is pointing to God, they have different mechanisms and different strategies on how they're going to operate. Our church is going to be operating, doing disciple and preaching the gospel. That is the vision that God has given to our pastors. But Mark 16:15 is the universal mandate. Not only we as a church have a vision, there is a universal mandate for all Christians. No one has to tell you this. This is the mandate for every Christian. Not only those of you that are here and those that are connected virtually, but anybody that are reaching my voice. Now Mark 16, 15 says, and then he told them. He's telling us today. At that point, he was telling his disciple. Now he's telling all of us. Then he told them, go, preach the good news to everybody in the world and make disciples. And make disciples. People of the world are spiritual and literary because they don't know God or they don't have a relationship with God. You know what the fastest growing religion in the United States and in the world, the fastest growing religion in the United States and in the world is the Islam. That's the fastest growing religion in the United States and in the world. Let me tell you, countries that Christianity is number one. And as I read the first one, I want you to give a big round of applause because the countries that have most Christians in the world, number one, United States. Number two, Brazil. Number three, Mexico. Number four, you're going to be surprised on this one, Russia. And number five, the Philippines. Now, 63% of all population in the United States profess that there are Christians. 63%.
that's approximately 210 million people uh, confess that they are Christian. But that still leaves a space of what? 37%. So there's still 37% just in the United States that do not know the Lord. Tell the person next to you, we got some work to do. <laughs> we got some work to do. Because even though we're number one in Christianity in the world, we still have 37% of the people that know, don't know the gospel. So not only I spoke to you about the vision of our church, but I also told you that, that we have a what? A universal what? Mandate. And what is that mandate? That we need to preach the gospel and that we need to make disciples. But I'm going to give you a third sample. Acts chapter 8, verse 26 to 39. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, Go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down to Jerusalem, to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the candidate, which means the queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran out to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading? Philip asked. How can I? He said. Unless someone explains it to me. Read up to 31. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. This is the passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter, and as a lamb before his sheeher is silent, so he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. So right there. Thank you. Now, this is an interesting story. This is one of the reasons why we have to share the gospel. And there's many examples that I could give you in the Word. I'll just give you a couple today. But these are the examples why we need to be messengers, why we need to be the, 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 the heaven diplomats, because there's so much need, not only in the United States, not only in your neighborhood, not only in our county, not only in our state, but all over the world. Um, it's interesting that in Acts chapter 8, there's a conversation between a person named Philip and an Ethiopian uh, official. Now, it starts, the Bible says that the Lord angel was sent to Philip. It's interesting to know that the Lord knows your address, knows your name, knows where you uh, transit to. You, they know at all times where you're at. You thought IRS was bad? You thought CIA was bad? Hey, there's an angel of the Lord that's keeping track on you and me. Tell the next person to you. I just wanted to inform you that even greater than the IRS and the CIA and the FBI, there's an angel. But this is an angel of God. And says, look at the instruction that the angel gave Philip. Philip was going to be the messenger. Philip was going to be the what? The representative of God. And the angel told Philip, go south. So that means it was South Florida. Go south. Then, I know it's not South Florida, along the desert road that leads from Jerusalem to Gaza. So Philip left. Or Philip went. Now let's stop right there. How obedient are you and I to everything God tells us to do, especially when it comes to dealing with another person who's in need? Philip did not know this individual. 
This individual was a treasurer. He was a banker. This individual was a professional. Philip had no notions of him. Never had met with him. Never had spoken to him. And the angel of the Lord tells him, I want you to speak to a professional, to a banker. He could have had a lot of excuses like you and I sometimes have, right? I'm too busy. You should have told me ahead of time. I'm not going to talk to a stranger. This guy's a professional. He's a banker. I know nothing about banking. And so far and on. But what did Philip say? When the, Lord, the angel of the Lord came to speak to him. He obey the instructions. Tell the person next to you, God is giving you instructions this morning. You have two options. Either obey the instructions or disobey the instructions. If you obey the instruction, you will get what? Some benefits. If you disobey the instruction, you will get some consequence. But let's keep reading. An important Ethiopian official happened to be going along the road in his chariot wagon pulled by horses. He was the chief treasurer for Candace and the queen of Ethiopia. The official had gone to Jerusalem to worship and was now on his way home. He was sitting in the chariot reading the book of the prophet Isaiah. Verse 29, the spirit told Philip to catch up, to meet up with the chariot. Philip ran up close and heard the man reading about the book of Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the official answered, how can I understand unless someone helps me right there it's clear evidence how much what need there is of people what sharing the gospel but also we need good bible teachers because in this scripture it, it it manifests the need of good bible teachers it also manifests that important people such as this banker and treasurer that the gospel is for all people from all walk of life they need spiritual education they need what the gospel has and they need what the Bible reveals. Powerful. Romans 10, 14 says, How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they never heard about Him? And how can they hear unless someone tells them? Once again, this verse shows the need of sharing the gospel. Wouldn't it be great if we read Romans 10, 14 and it had your name or it had my name? Look how it, how it would read. How can people have faith in the Lord and ask Him to save them if they've never heard about the Word? How can they hear unless someone tells them? And then right next to it, we would have an exclamation. Joseph, Maria, Joey, Alexandra, Daniela, Mary. Right next to it, I'm here. I'm here to cover the gap. I'm here to share the gospel. I'm here to give what I've received by grace. What have we received by grace? Salvation. So by grace, I'm so thankful to the Lord that I've received salvation. It didn't cost me anything, but it cost him what? His life. But I am so gratified that I want to be able to share what transformed me, what has worked for me. Oh, I know there's so much need. Everywhere you go, there's need. There's need in your home. There's need in your family. There's need in your neighborhood. There's need in your school and the university, at the workplace. Every place you go, there's need. But today, God is empowering you. Today, God is counting with you and telling you, the next time you hear our need, the next time you hear a problem, I have called you to fulfill and be my representative. 
Now, when you look at the book of Matthew, chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, it talks about the harvest. And one of the things that it talks about, it says the harvest is a lot, but the workers are few. The harvest is what? But the workers are what? Jesus went to every town and village. He taught in the synagogues and preached the good news about the kingdom, God's kingdom. Jesus all healed every kind of disease and sickness. He saw the crowds and felt sorry for them. Other verses says he felt compassion for them. They were confused. They were helpless like sheep without shepherd. He said to the disciple, who did he talk to? When I say again to the disciple, say he's talking to me. And you give your name. He said to the disciple. Wow, that is really poor. He said to the disciple. That's improving. He said to the disciple. Come on, we could do better than that. He said to the disciple. Much better. He's speaking to you and me. Now what did he say to the disciples? A large crop is in the fields. But there are only a few workers. Ask the Lord in charge of the harvest to send out workers to bring them in. What a great opportunity. What a privilege. Did you know that the angels of God, they want to be able to share the gospel and God does not give them permission? But they want to be able to do that. But you and I are having the privilege that the angels want to have. You and I have that privileges. Let's give a bigger round of applause for that tremendous. Now, why do I obey the universal commandment? Why do I obey our church vision? Because when you obey God's commandment, and when you obey the vision of the church, God will then make your vision and my vision a reality. I don't know what you're dreaming for. I don't know what you're, you're, you're confessing. I don't know what you're expecting for this year, for this month, for this year. I don't know what promises you have. I don't know what you wrote on your uh, resolutions for the beginning of this year. I don't know what your goals are for this year. But God is in the business of making visions and making visions and dream a reality. I said God is in the business of making dreams and vision a reality. I don't know if you have any vision. I don't know if you have any, any, anything that has impressed your heart and says, I want this to be manifested this year. Now, Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things, and you make a list of all the things that you need and you are believing God for, shall be added to you. Oh, I like that. Because if I look for the kingdom of God first, all the things that I have in my list, obviously that according to the word of God, will be what? Added to me. So today is a great opportunity for you to say, you know what? I have a list of certain things that I have not manifested yet, that I have still not come to pass. But I'm believing God that if I put his kingdom first, that if I do his will first, I still have three months and one week that God is going to manifest also and add, add, add the things. He's not telling you you have to look for them. He says he's going to add them to you. He's going to add them to you. He's going to add them to you. One of the things that I've experienced this year, this has been a great year for me. I've had a lot of challenges. And I still have not received everything that I wanted or asked for. But this year, something tremendous has happened in my life. God asked me to be apart for 30 days. 
And I received a prophetic word that told me that in the month of July, I needed to be just 30 days away, just seeking God. That prophecy was given to me in the month of March. That's my birthday. And when I received that word, I knew that in July, I had to apart myself 30 days. However, when, when June was about to begin, I felt in my spirit that I needed to do it in June. Because I said, I want to finish the first half of the year obeying God. And if I need to start continue in July, then I'll do the second half of the second half, uh, starting the second half. So I did the month of June. And when I finished the month of June, God told me continue in July. So I did June and July. Now, let me just tell you a couple of miraculous things that happened to me. June was the month that I worked the least. Probably I worked 20 hours, 25 hours, the entire month. And it was the month that I've made the most money in my life. Now, I didn't say that I made the most money in a year. In my life. And I've made pretty darn good money in all of the companies that I worked for. But this month, I worked 20 to 25 hours. And I made the most money in my life. July. I continue in July. July, I signed the biggest contract of my life. Oh, somebody has to hear this. God is speaking to someone that if you do the kingdom of God first, he will add things to your life. He's going to add. I don't know who's believing for that word. I don't know who's saying they're talking to me. That word is for me. That's what I've been believing. That's why I came this morning. I'm going from this place fulfill that that's also going to happen to me but not only June was the biggest month financially not only July was the biggest contract that I've ever signed and I've signed some pretty good contracts but August new beginnings number eight August God manifested that what I had Put as a goal, financial goal for this year, I broke it in August. But not only I broke it in August, in August, and I still have five more months, in August, I broke the financial mark of my entire life. Why do I tell you this? I, I tell you this as a testimony that God is in the business of healing. God is in the business of restoration financially, credit, marriage, family. I don't know what your problem is. I don't know what your situation is. But whatever your situation is, if you put God first, if you put God first, if you put God first, He will add the things that you are believing and He will surprise you and exceed what you're asking. I want to be able to finish with two things. I mentioned that there are benefits of being spiritually literate and having spiritual development. When you have spiritual development, developing ourselves as spiritual has enormous benefit as it helps us bring meaning to our life, leading to greater happiness. Furthermore, spiritual awakening also help us to experience more compassion, more gratitude, resulting in better stress coping mechanism wow i didn't know that the benefit of spiritual development can help you with stress 
I didn't know that that could help you with having mean, meaningful life. I didn't know that that directs you to what? Greater happiness. But now let me tell you about the five reasons that you and I should be developed and grow spiritually. Number one, it's hopefulness. If there's one thing that spirituality can add to our life, it's the sense of hope and optimism. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I like that. Number two, it helps us grow in compassion and understanding. I like that. Three, it helps us grow in sense of purpose and meaning. Number four, it helps us grow in inspiration and appreciation of life. And number five, it helps us in peace of mind. So if I only repeat all these five things, you may say, I'm lacking. I'm lacking on one. I'm lacking on two. I may be lacking on three. Hopefulness. Sense of hope. Everything is going to be all right. A lot of people, when they heard the news about the possible hurricane that may come to Florida, they were panicking already. And I heard the pastor in the service at 9 o'clock, he was praising God. Because he said, we have prayed for the hurricane to deviate and it's starting to do that. There is power in prayer. There is power in your word. There is power. Compassion and understanding. Sense of purpose and meaning. Inspiration and appreciation. And peace of mind. And I want to finish with, what are the signs, what are the fruits that a spiritual person may manifest? And I'm just going to share with you five of them. What are the signs? How do I know when a person is spiritual? Is it because they yell a lot? Is it because they scream a lot? Is it because, no. I'm going to tell you what the Bible says that we know people, uh, we know a tree by the fruits. That's exactly the way we know spiritual people. And I'm just going to give you five examples. Spiritual people are knowledgeable about the things of God. What is the opposite of knowledgeable of the things of God? Ignorant. So anyone, with all respect, in spite of your age, if you're not knowledgeable about the Word of God, then you're ignorant. It's either one or the other. Spiritual people are loving and kind. If you don't love your neighbor, if you don't love your enemy, if you're not kind to other people, you're not spiritual. I don't care what you're saying. You're not spiritual. Spiritual people meditate, they read, and they study the Bible, but more importantly, they apply it to their daily living. That's the important aspect of it. Spiritual people, hmm, you feel your life has a godly purpose. You know that you're here in this life because you have a mission, because you have an assignment, because you have purpose. You're doing your purpose. You're living within your purpose. And when you're living within your purpose, not only are you getting the benefit of God, but you have peace, you have responsibility, you have appreciation, and you have meaning in life. I'm doing what I was supposed to, to be doing. At the contrary, if you're living life not knowing your life purpose, it could be very what? Depressing. Very boring. Very routine. And lastly, spiritual people experience inner peace. The peace that everlasts all understanding. Today we have reviewed the consequence of spiritual illiteracy. We've talked about the universal mandate. We talked about our church vision. I've mentioned why do I do discipleship and business group of faith. We talked about the benefit of spiritual development. And we talked about signs and fruit of spiritual individuals. Why God is giving us the great opportunity to share or accept the gospel 
by grace called salvation, but that it cost him his blood and his life.